tech for tech's sake is just a waste of time. Um, if, if there is something that, um, that I'm suggesting, then it would be for a purpose. So, I mean, just giving it a try, keeping an open mind, just, just trying it. And if it's not for you, then okay, you know, but just, just give it a shot and uh, see what happens. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Started Up Podcast, a member of the Education Podcast Network. I'm excited because today starts off the new section of the Friday Focus on Teachers, and I have Sarah to teacher. That's Sarah to teacher. Sarah is a friend of mine, and she has the unique blend of being entrepreneurial uh, in the ed tech space for sure, but also relentlessly helpful. She's also an author. And actually, this whole <laughs> this whole podcast was innovative in the sense that I do not have my regular microphone. So if you're noticing a slight difference in audio, apologies for that. Uh, but I had to make it work today, and Sarah had to make it work today because we are both that busy. Matter of fact, Sarah did the interview uh, going in between schools because she was on the run, and I had to uh, basically record this without my regular studio. So we just found a way to make it work because, well, that's what we do. But make no sick about it, I love this episode because Sarah, A, you're going to want to know about her. B, you're going to need to know about Edumatch. And three, or C, <laughs> she is just one of those people that she is relentlessly helpful and she wants to put your needs oftentimes ahead of her own. So uh, this episode was absolutely fun and it was a perfect kickoff to starting to follow and feature great educators. So without further ado, Sarah Thomas. All right, so I'm excited to kick off 2018 on the Friday series. We have a Friday focus, and that is on people in schools. And I cannot think of a better way to kick off the 2018 season with my friend, Sarah Thomas. Sarah, thank you so much for being my first guest on the Teacher Focus. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Don. I'm so excited to be on here. Okay, so um, I really wanted to start putting a spotlight on some people that are really doing amazing work within the school walls and what you're doing is that uh, you've also been kind of uh, raising the banner for, you know, being transparent in what you do. So for those of people listening to the show that don't know Sarah, the teacher, uh, explain, explain what you do and, and where you teach and all that other good stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, so by day, I'm a regional technology coordinator in a large school district in Maryland. So I work with a cluster of 13 schools, just kind of um, supporting them in their technology integration efforts. Um, and I, I've been doing that for about two years. Prior to that, I was a classroom teacher for 10 years and a quarter. So um, taught every grade from first through 12th. And uh, outside of work, then I am the founder of EduMatch, which is um, an organization, grassroots international organization that connects educators along similar lines of interest. So I've heard from a lot of people that made the jump from being a classroom teacher to being a, a coordinator like you're doing. And obviously, like you've got a, a really unique perspective, because like you said, you work for a large school corporation. What have been what have been some of the challenges? Um, and, and I'll start from as you, you know, from your role going from teacher to seeing the macro. And then later we'll get into um you know, the problems you see and in, in some teachers adapting to new technology. But l let's start from the beginning. Like, what are some of the challenges? Like, you know, you said you've been in the classroom 10 years and all of a sudden you jump into this crazy, crazy world of what you're doing. What have been the biggest challenges so far? 
I would say that probably the thing that, that I was, uh, that I should have seen a mile away, but uh, still to the degree that affected me was that um, my my students and I had built up such uh, such a strong connection. So it was very uh, it was very hard to to leave them. Um, you know, I do miss the, the students in the classroom, but at the same time, I'm seeing that you know that by working with teachers, then um, then I'm able to to help other teachers um, interact with their students in, in different ways and integrate tech purposefully and uh, also, you know, advocate for the building of these same relationships that I was uh, blessed enough to enjoy when, when I was in the classroom. So like what size uh, are you, is your school corporation? What are you dealing with there? So our district, we have um, over 200 schools and over 120,000 students and over, I believe over 10,000 staff members. So, so we're a pretty big district. We're up there in the list. Yeah, that is gargantuan. So <laughs> then explain, yeah, wow, um, how do you tackle that? I mean, obviously, it's a staff of more than just you, but how, that's a huge beast. Um, I oh, guess, yeah, yeah let, me, let me start over. Like, uh, what are you guys? Are you guys one-to-one iPad? Are you guys Chromebook? Or what are you guys? It actually varies by school. Um, we have currently, I believe, 11, or 11 one-to-one schools, but we have a mix of Chromebooks, iPads, MacBooks, uh, PC laptops, just like a mix of different things. So yeah, I'm on a team. I'm, I'm fortunate to work with about 20 or so amazing people that have just like poured so much into me over the years. So I've, I feel very honored to work alongside of them. So it's uh it's all of us together kind of helping to support the technology integration needs uh, of the district as a whole. Uh, I can only imagine then, wow, I, I know this exists beyond just your school district, but I have not, it's, that is, that is something really, really difficult you guys have to be going against then uh, of, of having different schools being with different support. Um, but aside from that, that, that was the, this, the problems you're up against. At now, as a as a district um, coordinator of technology, what are some of the emerging things that teachers should really be aware of? And not necessarily because I, I I know every now and then I take emails and people are like you know please don't talk about the latest app or the latest widget or whatever. But what are some right. of the things that teachers should really be on the lookout for? You know, even if it's not new to people like you, it may be new to people you know that are just starting to get into the ed tech world. Right, absolutely. I would say that um, that a focus uh, should be placed towards uh, student opportunities for creation and for authentic learning. Um, and I think that that's something that you are like a master of. I learned so much of that from you. Um, and I really, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing even more of a shift towards that in terms of students learning in authentic ways and being able to apply their learning you know, once they learn it and, and learn as they're doing. And um, I, I really think that, that that as opposed to, you know, the, the passive type consumption. And there's actually um, a model that, that uh, someone on my team found and uh, that we've been kind of using this year called PickRat. And um, it's, it's kind of like if you, if you think of a graph with an X and a Y axis, one of the axes, one of, one of the axes stands for the teacher's role with technology and one of the axes stands for the students' role with technology. And it's kind of like this matrix to see, um, you know, exactly how the technology 
is being implemented. So, um, so definitely the goal is to build capacity to get everyone to, to the highest level of, um, I believe it's uh, creation and transformation. So, um, so definitely looking forward uh, to, to helping more people uh, move, move towards that and uh, building capacity towards that. You know, I'm glad you talked about the student being the producer over consumer, and I cannot agree with you more. And obviously, you, you've we've known each other a long enough time that you know that I'm always constantly pushing for students to produce more. The problem, from what I see, um, is that a lot of school corporations have YouTube blocked, they have Twitter blocked, they have LinkedIn blocked, and 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 I, I will pause to say I understand why. I really do. I, I'm not. Um, you know, there are some bad things that you can watch on YouTube. I get it. But I think the school districts that are putting a focus on like, what can you produce to put on there are, are winning. So what has been your approach to getting your school corporation to produce more? And what platforms are you guys, you know, harnessing to get the message out of what your students work is? I absolutely agree with everything you just said. And um, I feel as though um, we um, we do have YouTube available for students and we have, um, you know, we, we have several different different apps out there. And I, I would say like right now in our district, um, we're using a lot of, um, I would say Flipgrid is one that's really kind of capturing a lot of attention in our district lately. Um, there, we're also a Google Labs for Education district. Um, and what I would like to see, I know that um, I've spoken with high school students specifically about uh, getting their work out there um, in the ways that you pretty much identified, you know, through using YouTube and through using LinkedIn and through using Twitter to professionally, to make those professional connections that they can leverage further down the line and even, you know, in their current day. Yeah, I, I, I love that because even even so, like I'm, I'm just going to push on some of my friends here. Like uh, just the other day, Glenn Robbins is a superintendent. Uh, I think it's Tabernacle Schools in New Jersey. And he was like, hey, world, meet my student who was today talking to me about some of the YouTube ads he was going to buy for his channel. And my jaw was on the ground because I, I, I'm pretty sure the student was like in middle school. And that is like such an, and I say this word lovingly, that's such an unfair advantage. Like the student... <laughs> had some like class time and, and, and school's backing of support this kid's YouTube channel. Now, mind you, here's where people go, well, he could be posting inappropriate things. Not if he's smart, you know, because if the kid's like, dude, my superintendent and my principal like what I'm doing, I, you know, like the student then is going to be like, I have an ally in my school. And, and I'm, I'm not using these as my words. This is like from Tina Seelig's uh, book. She was like, when the students think that they, have, that they should have keys to the building, you're winning. And, and I, just, I loved how he was using the school's social media leverage and Glenn's social media leverage to hype up his students' work. I think that's awesome. That is, that is awesome. And that's, that's the world that we live in today. So, uh, so, so definitely, I, I love what you were saying about how the students... Um, how, you know, they, they need to feel like they have the keys to school because I mean, really like they need to take control of their learning. Um, that's what's going to make it stick for them. And that's, what's going to be their why. And that's, what's going to drive them. So as far as using social media as, as a production tool, obviously I know you're behind it. So what are some of the problems you guys have ran up against, uh, trying to get students to be more producers? 
would say that um, in when I was teaching um, middle school language arts, then you know we had a, a young man who unfortunately made a bad decision and decided to uh, you know access some content that he really should not have been accessing. And you hear that story, you know, um, you hear that story all over from from teachers and from. Uh, from administrators from everywhere, you know, kids are, kids are curious, kids will explore. Uh, but I think that the tool, like the, the thing is to really teach them how to use these tools in the proper way. Um, and not just scare them with, you know, these cautionary tales, but also teach them how to use it for positive use and, and really have them understand why, like, why should I be using this to create? Why should I be using this to produce something? Why should I be using this to, to get my name out there? So I think that, uh, that that's the key, really showing them the why yeah. behind it. Yeah. I mean, that's a real catch 22. I mean, here we are, cause I've, I've had the same pushback. I've had some people like, you know, how can you keep promoting, um, students using YouTube and social media when so many bad things can go wrong and, and truly like, that's a good point. Like uh, this, this last week, uh, there was a YouTube all-star that went into uh, a, a notorious place where people commit suicide in Japan. And sure enough, they found a body and he kind of, I wouldn't say mocked it, but like, like it's as obviously deservingly gotten all sorts of negative feedback. And then you hear the student that goes to a porn site or whatever. And, and those kids are like, it's the catch point too of like, if you don't highlight those stories and say, see, you shouldn't do that, then we wouldn't know, you know, like, Hey, you shouldn't do that. But on the other hand, I don't like people that, that like sit, sit there and go, well, see, you should never do these things. You know, I've always pointed out like people are like, well, social media is dangerous. Well, so is driving a car, but we teach our students how to drive a car effectively. And we let them you know, have that tool to, to get to work and, and to be productive. So, um, it, it is for sure kind of a catch 22. Um, speaking though, of being transparent and, and social media, um, talk to me about EduMatch and where that idea originated. Yeah, definitely. So this was in September of 2014 and on a Friday night, I was, um, sitting on my couch, chatting with a friend about uh, gamification in math. Um, and she said some things that reminded me of a conversation that I had with my cousin who used to teach math in New York. Uh, so I had a conversation with him a couple weeks prior. And I said, hey, it would be really cool, you know, if there was something out there that introduced people who had these similar interests so that they could get together and have these conversations. And so I went on uh, Twitter and I went to see if there was anything out there that, that kind of directly introduce people to one another because, you know, there were Twitter chats, there were Voxer chats, things like that. But um, I didn't see anything that like directly said, hey, this person, meet this person. So, you know, I just decided to go ahead and set up a Twitter account and, uh, you know, get that going. And so the first person who responded um, was actually in Australia. So it started out international. So that was pretty funny. Um, and at the end of the day, I checked back with him to say, how did it go? And he said, oh yeah, I met, you know, so many great people. So that's when I decided to keep it going. And uh, the first friend I had been talking to said, hey, you should set up a website. So I did. And uh, as people continued to fill out the form and sign up, then they came with their ideas of what might be good next steps. So next came the Boxer Group, then came a blog, then um, our podcast and our Twitter chat and, 
and ed camp. So, I mean, it, it just kept on growing. And uh, one of the most recent developments was um, that a bunch of us were talking about one day wanting to be published authors. So we just decided to crowdsource a book and uh, we just released our second volume. No, I'm, so, I'm sorry, a second um, edition. Um, so we did one for 2016 and now we did one for 2017 uh, with two volumes with 33 educators, one student, six no six countries and four continents represented that's awesome no i i love it i love the fact that it started off with an idea but then you did something about it like that day um i, I think that's one of the mindsets that i love and actually this has been such a unique fit is because i mean obviously you you, you know what the show is normally i feature entrepreneurs and talk about their learning journey and I was like, okay, in 2018, I want to, I want to teacher, I want you know, teachers and people inside the school building to share their journey. But you know, you sit at both, right? So you, you, you know, uh, you, you're an author, uh, you are an entrepreneur, and you're in education. And so seeing that you mesh those three worlds is is fun. And I also like the way you do it. Like you're doing it the right way. You have always provided value to others first, and it comes back to you. Um, matter of fact, I'm, I, I'm going to compare you to a guy that we both shared an experience with this last week with, uh, Matt Miller. Um, Matt is oh, always okay. on the look. <laughs> yeah. You know where I'm going. Matt is always on the lookout to help other people. And, uh, you know, his, his service that he provided over the holidays, um, was, was great. You know, his, his ditch program was, um, was awesome. And, and actually, you know what, go into a little bit about, uh, what you did, uh, with Matt over the holidays, if people don't know about, uh, the ditch summit. Oh yeah, absolutely. And Matt is wonderful. So, uh, I, I was so excited cause he invited me to be part of ditch summit and, uh, and you as well. And just, it was such a blast, um, connecting with, I don't even know how many people he said signed up. It was, it was some ridiculous number of like thousands of people. And, um, you know, it was, it was just so awesome being able to connect with, um, to connect with people and share ideas and, you know, um, have them chime in. I love the Flipgrid idea where people came in and they, uh, reflected after they watched the, the sessions. That was just so cool. So, uh, huge shout out to Matt for that. That was, that was a lot of fun. And your session was specifically on? Yeah, it was about um, connecting with other educators around the world. So I talked about EduMatch and I talked about Ed Squad, um, which is another side project that I started up. And I talked a little bit about um, a little bit about Voxer, like how much I've been using Voxer and Twitter and stuff like that. And just how those are great platforms for educators to connect with uh, with anyone literally all over the world. So good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. And, and again, I what stands out is that, you know, you and Matt, you guys think like entrepreneurs, you guys are out there solving problems. And, and actually, that was one of my goals for 2018. And the reason why I featured entrepreneurs for this first year is that um, I, I personally get saddened, because I think that we're drowning in the sea of complaining. Boy, do I hear everybody complaining. I there are so many keyboard warriors out there that they're going to complain about. <laughs> they saw a problem today and they were going to complain about it. Meanwhile, Matt goes, Hey, I'm going to host a summit for free content. And, you know, Sarah is out there, you know, trying to match up people and, and, and get her platform out there by helping other people. And that, that's one of the mindsets I just love and adore. And one the reason why I wanted to feature you is because you do, you have that mindset of, 
you know, let's help over complain. Um, where did that start? Where did that kind of entrepreneurial mindset start with you? Well, I appreciate that, Don. Thank you so much. And the same can definitely, definitely be said about you. Um, I would say that for me, um, kind of the whole entrepreneurial mindset started from a really early age. Like my parents, uh, they were always community activists and they were always into something, you know, starting up their own newsletters, starting up their own companies. So, you know, I was, I was exposed to that at a very early age. Um, so that just kind of carried over and my brother as well, starting up, uh, his own company. So, uh, it just, it just kind of carried over and, um, you know, just, uh, I, I was, I was fortunate to grow up in a household of, uh, folks that just, uh, decided to, to make things happen. So, um, yeah, I, I guess I learned by watching them. Oh, yeah, very good. Um, all right, so I told you that I wasn't necessarily going to talk about ed tech and all that other good stuff, but I, I do have to say, um, you had mentioned Flipgrid, and I have seen certain things really become popular and then fall off, like, fast. Um, for those yes. people, for, yeah, I mean, and, and it seems like there's always this uh, merry-go-round of ed tech sexiness, right? Like, oh, you have to have this app. <laughs> and within a year, it's almost kind of like, and, and I hate to say this, but it's almost like a cooler kid moves into town. And like the cool kid last year is hanging on. But I, I will say Flipgrid, it looks like it's got some sustainability. So for those people that don't know what Flipgrid is, walk us through that especially on the free trial and then all the things you know about Flipgrid and how it can be utilized. Oh yeah, for sure. So I, uh, I'm a huge fan, um, because like I'm a, I'm a video person. So, um, what I like about Flipgrid is that with the free version and they'll give you like one grid and unlimited topics. So pretty much what a teacher can do is to record a prompt and then people, uh, the students can go in and record their responses to the prompts. And there's things in there like a rubric, there's like, um, there's stickers, emojis, things of that nature. The students can reply to one another. It can be moderated. It can be password protected. So I'm really digging that. And I feel like nowadays, um, I hate to say in the selfie generation, but uh, I kind of, I, I saw my students taking a lot of, uh, a lot of pictures, a lot of videos. And, you know, we, we do tend to walk around tethered to our phones. So I feel like this is just like a sign of the times, you know, and it's just, uh, it, it, it just, it just fits. It just, uh, makes sense to have something that's like a quick go-to, um, where it's easy to, you know, just record a quick video reflection or even to create a video. Like you can create a video using another app and, upload it in there. So, um, so it's, it's, it's really cool. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I actually, um, I think it was Darren Elwin. He is a principal in South Dakota and he was, I think the first guy that reached out to me and said, Hey, Don, uh, my students want to, you know, I think they're like grade school kids. And they're like, Hey, they've, they've come up with some really cool ideas that they want to like almost do a shark tank pitch would you watch them? And I was like, okay, what time? I was thinking I was going to have to watch them on Skype. And he, it was all Flipgrid. And the best part of it is instead of, cause I mean, I, look, I love helping, but I get a, and I'm not saying this in a braggadocious way, but I get a lot of requests to give feedback on stuff, especially on the entrepreneurial side and typing that stuff out takes time. And so when Darren was like, no, 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 just hold your face up to your iPad and tell them what you thought of their presentation. Oh my gosh. 
what a time saver. And just the cool factor of, you know, students can make a presentation, Flipgrid it to somebody across the United States or across the world and say, you know, hey, can we get some feedback? And, and just that level of ease of just pressing record to give feedback, um, you know, a, a, a 30 to 60 second response for me to type that up would have taken at least 10 minutes each. And I probably gave 30 responses. Well, there's no way in human hours I could have done that. So I really, really like Flipgrid for that, for that reason. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. We use it a lot on EduMatch just like as a way to extend learning so that people can chime in uh, as they either as they read chapters or after our podcast episodes or things of that nature. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm really loving it. Okay, so I'm about wrapping it up. And I want you to, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say like, you have to be the voice for all of them. But what is the one thing you want people to know about tech integrators and tech directors you know what is that misconception or what is that one thing you like look you have you guys have to understand this oh wow <laughs> that's a tough one um i would say probably that speaking for myself if i'm suggesting something then it's to it's for a reason you know it solves a purpose because tech for tech's sake is just a waste of time um, if, if there is something that, um, that I'm suggesting, then it would be for a purpose. So, I mean, just giving it a try, keeping an open mind, just, just trying it. And if it's not for you, then okay. You know, but just, just give it a shot and, uh, see what happens. See if it does help. Uh, and if it doesn't, then, you know, we'll, we'll brainstorm and try to think of something else. Um, but, but definitely, you know, it's it's not just tech for tech's sake. It's never just tech for tech's sake. That is the best answer possible. That's one of the reasons why I wanted you on. I almost knew you were going to say that, and I totally agree. Oh. <laughs> I, I have met so many teachers that feel like, you know, they they should be doing something with the device because everybody else is. And hey, there's. I mean, don't get me wrong. I totally agree with you. I mean, if if if. If the technology is driving deeper learning, or as you were circling around to at the beginning of the show, that is producing student content, then man, use it. But if you're just using it because it's the latest thing and you don't even really like it, yeah, don't. Don't feel that pressure. So I, I give that a huge amen on that one. I, I love that. All right. So um, t go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I was just saying thank you. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate I, I... All right, so tell everybody else where they can find your book, uh, where they can go to uh, get linked up on EduMatch, all that good stuff. Yeah, for sure. So um, EduMatch is at edumatch.org, so definitely check that out. There's a big sign-up button on the top right-hand side uh, where people can sign up to be person of the day and um, you know get their blog, automatically tweet it out if there's an RSS feed, get added to our Voxer group. Lots of cool stuff and, um, you know, definitely get connected and uh, find out all the info about our podcast and our books and everything. It's all on there. So edumatch.org is the place to be. And then your Twitter is? Oh, I'm sorry. My I Twitter want, is. Get connected and everything. Come on now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So my Twitter is Sarah the Teacher and I'll spell that out. S-A-R-A-H-D-A-T-E-E-C-H-U-R. And uh, EduMatch Twitter is at edu underscore match. Um, so those are two of like my 50 million Twitter accounts, but those are the top two uh, where I am. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and guys, I want to implore you. I, I love it when people on the show say I get back and I'm helpful. This is one of those persons that is relentlessly helpful. So, you know, if on edge match, you think that you have something that really needs to be featured, look up Sarah. If you're doing something amazing, Sarah is one of those connectors that if she can't personally be involved on something, she can usually point you to somebody that will be a mentor or help for you. I'm just telling you, she is a blessing on the educational community. And, and seriously, Sarah, uh, your work does not go unnoticed. I mean, I'm sure, well, hey, there's a lot of people already singing your praises anyway, but um, you're just a genuinely good person and I am happy to know you and I'm thrilled of all the success you're having. And um, man, I just, if there's anything else moving forward, you, you ever need, just, just holler. Oh, thank you so much, Don. And the feeling is definitely mutual. You are definitely um, an inspiration. I'm learning so much from you and from all of your, your students. And uh, just thank you for, for everything that you do. All right, Sarah, I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. All right, there you go. Our first Friday Focus of people inside the classroom, Sarah Thomas, go follow her at Sarah the Teacher on Twitter. Also, I want to, again, thank everybody for the recommendations we've been getting. However, I did want to be clear. I've been getting a lot of emails from people that are suggesting others on the show. And what I'm looking for is people that are inside the classroom or inside the school walls. I've had a lot of really nice recommendations of people that are in the ed tech scene and they are private owners. Uh, but on their Friday focus, we're really, really, really looking to spotlight teachers that are doing amazing things within the classroom. So if you have a recommendation of a, of a teacher, of a superintendent, of a principal. Uh, I really sincerely appreciate those. You can always email me, don at startedupinnovation.com or leaving a suggestion on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash startedup. Other than that, guys, I sincerely appreciate you tuning in. Uh, I'm excited about next week's lineup. And the, again, one of the reasons why we grow is because you guys are sharing and sharing at a high level. I sincerely appreciate you doing that. So this is Don Wetrick reminding you once again that opportunities are everywhere. We'll see ya.